Hi, everybody. I'm Dustin. I'm Anna, and we are not qualified to investigate the paranormal. But we might be more qualified than a zoologist. Isn't it zoologist? You know, it looks like it should be. But it's not. You but know, if you say zoologist, everybody looks at you like you're crazy. And I actually think a lot of people say zoologist. Oh. Okay, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, as some of you might have noticed, we were on hiatus last week. This week, actually, we do have a pretty good, uh, a pretty good story. It was a very hard thing to look at, or to research, I guess, because there is a lot of folklore attached to this. There is a, there are a lot of horror movies written about this, and then there's so many different facets of this particular paranormal cryptid. Mm-hmm. It's a cryptid. This mm-hmm. is a cryptid. Mm-hmm. Is this the first cryptid we've done? No. No. I, I think black-eyed that, children. Yeah. They're cryptids. Yeah. Yeah. Beings. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're beings who are crypto cryptozoologist. We need we need a cryptozoologist. Yeah, I thought about saying that, but I didn't know if that was a is that a paranormal investigator? Basically. A... But it's one who focuses specifically on creatures. Okay. On cryptids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough history channel shows to know that there are people out there who do call themselves cryptozoologist. Or zoologist. Yeah, I know yeah. there. I know there are, but I just didn't know if they are legitimate. I don't know if there's like a PhD or even a even a bachelor's in mm-hmm. cryptozoology. Yeah, but I don't know. anyway, that's why we're less qualified than them too. Anyway, so mm-hmm. the thing we're talking about today. However, I will say that the more modern examples that I could find are from some very interesting, well-known sources. Okay, and we'll get into that. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, as usual, I don't have three stories. I just have two stories, but then I do have a kind of a section where we go into talking about the folklore, the different areas of the con- uh, of the world that have this this particular cryptid, um, and what they call it. Cool. Uh, uh, but I am ready with the first story. Tell me a story. One chilling evening in the ominous veil of the nineties. <laughs> What was ominous? Everything was ominous about the 90s. Everything. I can't... It's so ominous, I can't even describe it. Really? That's how ominous it is. We all watched the X-Files and believed some of it. Yeah. You watch well, it now, it's like, what the... I know. It's it's so <laughs> ridiculous. I love so it still, why, but... Yeah, yeah, I have... It's definitely a nostalgia thing. But I feel like I think of the X-Files and then I think of like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and a lot of fluorescent clothing and... Anyway, it was on a chilling evening while someone was watching Seinfeld. No, wait, early 90s. Uh, Oh. Someone was watching Power Rangers. (laughs) That's what I was watching in the 90s. Anybody else? No? (laughs) Cheers. Billy, a musician, found himself in the unassuming comfort of a friend's apartment after a gig. The city's flickering lights provided the only respite from the overwhelming darkness that pervaded outside. As laughter and stories filled the room, an uncanny sense of normalcy settled between them. Billy, do you believe in the supernatural? His friend asked, his voice dropping to a conspiratorial whisper. Oh, let me do that line again then. Billy, do you believe in the supernatural? (laughs) His eyes gleaming with an eerie intensity. With a skeptical smirk, Billy responded, Ghosts and ghouls, not my scene. I mean, 
yeah, there's a lot of them in the lyrics of my music, but that's all. Little did he know, his reality was about to skew into the realm of his worst nightmares. Suddenly, his friend's silhouette started to warp. It was as if a demonic force had seeped into their world, using his friend as a conduit. The transformation was horrifyingly surreal, the human form <laughs> mutating into something grotesque and unnatural. What the? Is this some kind of a sick joke? Billy stammered, the fear evident in his trembling voice. His heart pounded in his chest like a death knell. The fuck is a death knell? <laughs> it's it's an ominous tone. Is it? Foretelling death. Is it? Yeah. Okay. His heart pounded his chest like a death knell. <laughs> I fucking can't do that line. His heart pounded in his chest like a death knell, his blood running ice cold. No joke, Billy. The entity responded, its voice a dissonant echo of his friends, yet laced with an unsettling malice. Welcome to my reality. Frozen in his seat, Billy was a captive audience to the grotesque spectacle before him. His friend, or the nightmarish creature that had taken his place, contorted and twisted like a creature born of terror itself. This wasn't an illusion. It was a manifestation of his darkest fears, a scene ripped from a horror story, permanently etched in the canvas of his memory. I know you love stuff like that. Oh yeah, please tell me more. Use much more elaborate metaphors repeatedly in a row. As abruptly as it began, the transformation ceased. His friend sat there once more, his familiar eyes harboring a cruel glint of satisfaction. Quite a show, isn't it, Billy? He taunted, his grin a sinister curve in the dimly lit room. This terrifying experience brought to light the nightmarish possible reality that he thought only existed in horror films. It served as a chilling reminder that even in the most ordinary moments, malevolent forces could unveil themselves, catching even a rock star like Billy off guard. The world, it seemed, was teeming with unseen terrors, ready to reveal themselves when least expected. Mm. And that is the first real account from a source that is a known person, not just somebody on Reddit. A known rock star. A known rock star named Billy who was up and rising in the 90s. <laughs> the world is a vampire. Yep. This mm -hmm. is Billy Corrigan, and he has since doubled down on the story. Not only saying that was he 100% being truthful about the first story, he said he has seen this person now do it a second time. That... What, so what did he turn into? What Billy Corrigan, actually, this has been very dramatized. Billy Corrigan okay. did not give any more information other than just saying, so it was on Howard Stern. And uh, and Billy, Howard Stern asked him if he, I think he asked him if he was religious or something. And Billy Corrigan was like, ah, you know, I'm not really religious. I don't really believe in the supernatural, but I have seen some things. And then, of course, you know, Howard Stern being the interviewer he is, he's like, seeing things like what? That's such a strange answer to that question. Are you religious? No, but, you know, I have a friend who's a shapeshifter. He didn't say that. He said, I've seen some supernatural things. And we've talked about that on this podcast before where, like, when we talk about the uh, the courtroom, when we talked about, uh, what's what's her name? Zona uh, Hester. Zona Hester. And we were like, you know, oh, wait, does the court recognize supernatural things? And it's like, well, when you get on the stand, the first thing you do is raise your right hand and, and on a Bible, on a Bible yeah. or mm -hmm. on, on whatever you believe. 
and I'm not saying that the Bible or, or religion is supernatural, but you, I think that means that you do believe in otherworldly forces, right? Or something something higher than us or something that's invisible, an invisible force, right? So to me, if you're saying that you know you believe in religion or if you're, if you're asking the question of religion, you're asking the question of kind of the afterlife and some, you know, some beliefs and some, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's sort of asking. It, it makes sense that it connected to him with having... An, a mind open to possibilities that cannot be explained. Right. But I, I think I he, <laughs> I, I, but I, but I think I was, you know, I was right. Cause I don't think he did believe in anything supernatural before he had seen his friend do this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he was very vague in his description of what had happened. He also like refused to tell who this person was, mm-hmm. but he says, he, and he said, I'm being very vague on purpose. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to out this person as a shapeshifter. Okay. Anyway, so what do you think? He he also did say he's like, look, um, because I think after he said it, it was like media bonanza freaking out that Billy Corgan, this rock star, mm-hmm. had said that he's, he's he knows the shapeshifter. So like, they're calling him and they're trying to who is it and are you crazy? You know what? Are you are you part of the occult? Because you know his lyrics and everything else, Smashing Pumpkins lyrics, Smashing Pumpkins by the way are in my top probably three bands of all time mm-hmm. um if not the top so i know a lot of their lyrics okay that's what i'm <laughs> trying to say so just knowing that you know a lot of his lyrics are like that he you know he would dress not gothy yeah kind of gothy he got more gothy as he went along i'd say he got more gothy in the 2000s gothy is that a word yeah he was more <laughs> he was more punky before mm-hmm. oh um, yeah punky is a word but i never heard gothy yeah, he dressed. He dressed more like a goth, like during the Adore days. Anyway, gothic, so, gothic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But gothic sounds like then gothic just sounds like, like architecture. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not. You can't be punkic, like punk architecture. He, he became a gargoyle later into his. He became a gargoyle later. No, mm-hmm. that's not nice because mm-hmm. that sounds like we're saying he's ugly. <laughs> I'm not not saying that. Oh well. I'm not talking about the man's attractiveness at all. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dog on Billy Corgan too much. He helped, I do yeah. appreciate that band for sure. Yeah, he um, helped form my. He was. He helped me in my formative years. Anyway, some beautiful music. Yes. Anyway, so back to that. Like, I don't yeah. think that anybody doubted that. You know, oh, he's probably part of the occult. So, like, he got kind of a lot of backlash. Yeah. And Howard Stern asked him about that later, and he's like, "I've been in the public eye for 30 years now. This was like much later. He's like, I can take that." He's like, "When I said that, though, it did seem like there was something extra there, and people really wanted to know more about it." And I think the reason is, is because I had a hell of a time finding true, I do have a piece of video evidence as well to show you. Of this person? No, 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 no never, of okay. a shapeshifter. Yeah. And and this, then the, the video evidence comes from Jack Osborne, oh, Ozzy what? Osborne's son. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like there's something. shapeshifters. And the rock community. <laughs> That's right. So actually, I was thinking about uh, was were the Smashing Pumpkins ever in Ozfest? They might. They probably were, right? Possibly. They probably it's were. Something to look up. So if you went to Ozfest, you'd just think this is where all the shapeshifters hang out. <laughs> just hang out. It's a subculture of shapeshifting rock fans. So I'm not asking you to analyze Billy Corgan by any stretch of the imagination, but what do you think? Well, I have to say, part of me does do a little bit of that because of who you are. Who. Or what uh, you do. Oh, oh, well, actually, probably more as a rock fan and just like knowing what I know about oh. him, having been a kid, okay, you know, a, a kid into his music and just right. following him over the years. When you said just now that 
that was something that people were really he was sort of surprised at how curious people were about it once he said that maybe maybe he said it off the cuff the first time but i don't know i think howard stern had a probe for it gosh i'd love to listen to that clip not we can. I've never ever said I'd love to listen to Howard Stern before. So, <laughs> no, like, only when he's on and the Foo Fighters are on. That's uh-huh. like the best best ones to watch. Okay, someone's so, got the rock bands on, <laughs> and not not to like. And I always try to go in with okay, people, good, good faith that people are being honest. However, he's a person who, as far as I know, and to this day, feels like he never got enough of his due yeah and and never got enough fame and notoriety or credit probably because he told that shapeshifter story musical genius and i'd wonder if that means if if something got him a lot of attention if people were really curious about it is that going to give him more incentive to keep talking about it and repeat it and the only time he ever repeated it again is when howard stern asked him okay yeah yeah okay well that's interesting so yeah howard stern asked him later and and billy corgan did say something along the lines of look yeah, totally possible. Not possible in that I was doing drugs, but possible that I hallucinated the situation. Yeah. He's like, but I saw what I saw. Mm-hmm. So but did he describe it? In no, any way? he wouldn't. He wouldn't. No way at all. Nope. And it was. Did he say the kind of content you went into in the story of like, this is my life, man? Like, no. This is what I live. There was no conversation with this. Was there a conversation no. with him? So he saw. He saw him. He turned away. He came, looked back, and he saw. A creature, a creature that didn't interact with it as uh, he his wouldn't, friend. I don't know. He wouldn't go into those details. That's to me what we were talking about. This is going to perhaps lead into your next story of the definition of a shapeshifter. Yeah. Because if he if he didn't interact with it in a way that leads him to be confident that it was his friend in a different shape, how do we even know it was a shapeshifter? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I, know. I think... To me, if you say it's a shapeshifter, then you either witness a transformation mm-hmm. or you had a conversation with it in in its transformed state. Right. Or to or, prove yeah. like, like if it was a giant ostrich. You were like, Who are you, my buddy? <laughs> and if it started talking out of its mouth with your buddy's voice, then I'd say that's yeah. you witness something, yeah, right? That's paranormal. Yeah, for there sure. may be some other ways, but but for sure, something that makes the A A and B connect a little clearer. Okay. That that this is something that has an ability to ship shape <laughs> oh man. To ship shapes. <laughs> Do you want? Do you want me to go into my about shapeshifters? Yeah, real quick? I do. So I, I appreciate that first story. We might come back to it, but so it's a quick blurb. But I do have one, two, three, four, five, five. I do have eleven regions around the world with examples. That's great. Okay, this is amazing. There's going to be so much good human culture. <laughs> yes, that's literally what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Shapeshifters are a prominent theme in various cultures, folklore, and mythology around the world. These beings, often human or divine, have the ability to transform their physical form or appearance, usually into that of animals, although transformations into other humans or even inanimate objects are also common. Hmm. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Just had Professor McGonagall turning into a cat so you know it's funny when i was doing research on this like the first thing that popped up was like animagi and 
in Harry Potter. Yeah. And I was like, that's not real. That's not, no. that's not even folklore. <laughs> that's just, that's fiction. Well, J.K. Rowling famously pulled from right. so much other oh, for sure. literature and lore. For yeah. sure. Uh, so my first example here is, of course, European folklore werewolves being uh, a being that trans transforms uh, some of these are pretty obvious beings that transform from humans to wolves usually under the full moon originate from ancient germanic and norse mythology and were later incorporated into medieval european folklore norse mythology gods such as loki and odin were known to transform into various animals or other forms to deceive others or gather information Native American folklore, the Navajo culture tells of skinwalkers, witches, or medicine men who can transform into animals, often as a means of teaching lessons or creating mischief. Asian folklore, in Japanese and Chinese folklore, fox spirits known as kitsune and hiljing, I have no idea if I pronounced those right, I apologize if I didn't, respectively, and deciphered as magical creatures capable of transforming into humans, often appearing as beautiful women to deceive men. African folklore. African cultures hold stories about were hyenas and were lions, where <laughs> witch doctors and sorcerers transform into these animals. And in Egyptian mythology, gods and goddesses often transform into animal forms. Celtic folklore. The mythical Selkies, found in Irish, Scottish, and Icelandic folklore, are beings capable of transforming from seals into beautiful humans by shedding their skins. Greek mythology. Gods and goddesses, such as Zeus and Athena, were known to transform themselves into animals and other human forms to interact with mortals, often leading to significant out outcomes in myths and legends. Indian mythology. Various deities and demons in Hindu mythology are known to shapeshift. Lord Vishnu's ten avatars of ooh, Dasavantara represent him in different forms, including animals, humanoids, and humans. Again, I apologize for the mispronunciation if I did. Australian Aboriginal folklore. Dreamtime stories often include ancestral beings who can transform into animals, landscapes, features, or celestial bodies, such as the Rainbow Serpent, a powerful creator being that can take many forms. Almost done. South American folklore. The Encantado from Brazil folklore are creatures from a paradisiacal underwater realm, capable of transforming into humans or Amazon River dolphin, often coming to the surface to seduce humans and per, and humans and party <laughs> to seduce humans <laughs> and to party. And party i'm here okay. to seduce humans and to party <laughs> i didn't know if they were like there to seduce humans and and the party to seduce the party but no it's to seduce humans we're here we're here to seduce humans <laughs> and party exactly. and we've seduced all the humans <laughs> okay Slavic folklore. In Slavic mythology, Vadyanoi is a male water spirit that can shapeshift, often appearing as a naked old man with a frog-like face, greenish beard, and long hair, with a body covered in algae and muck. <laughs> that was the worst one. <laughs> that was very detailed. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to some of the others. That was a great summary. Yeah. So that that's it. So in in other words, this comes from every this isn't this isn't culturally bound. This right. is found in all cultures throughout all times. A lot of mythology, a lot of like ancient gods and goddesses uh, who can do this. Uh a, a lot of European term of witch doctor, but you know, medicine man or elder who leads a tribe being able to do this um in Native American uh aboriginal um, 
you know, indigenous peoples mm-hmm. um, kind of idea there. Yeah. The only one to me that, and and then of course we have things like werewolves that we've all grown up with because we've all there have been in horror movies. Vampires are another one. We'll talk about those later into more depth and detail. I think what we're talking about here when we say uh, shapeshifters is the all-encompassing capability of a human to transform into something else, even if that's another human. I I still think that would be considered a shapeshifter, um, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some Greek. Uh, Greek and uh, and Roman myth divine spirits that can that can morph into hu- other humans, basically. So, yeah, yeah. What seems different about most of what you described from, say, werewolves is the voluntary nature of it. It being a almost like a a, a superpower. It's a superpower, yeah. right? Even for the f- um, disgusting, gross Slavic f- uh, frogman. <laughs> yeah. yeah what like- is, what does he do? Uh, he shapeshifts, often appearing as a naked old man with a frog-like face, greenish beard, and long hair with a bud. That's just what why? he shapeshifts into. Well, like, why? He's just a water <laughs> spirit. Vadyanoi. Okay. okay. You don't know about It seems like so many of the so many of the ones you described are like very functional. Wait, I'll just read this real quick. Vadyanoi, also called Vodnik in Slavic mythology, the water spirit. The Vadyanoi is essentially an evil and vindictive spirit whose favorite sport is drowning humans. Anyone bathing after sunset on a holy day or without having first made the sign of the cross risks being sucked into the water by Vadyanoi. Wow. So that one kind of goes to the watch out. Yeah. Be a good boy or this will happen to you. Be a good boy or you'll get killed by Vadyanoi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme. So, Yeah. If we're talking about a really broad category mm-hmm. of beings that exist across cultures yeah. and beings, mythology, spirits, gods, there very few of these are like human, just people, right? Like that. Um, well, the example we just heard was if you're talking about just oh. the like, culture, uh, the culturally, you know, capable. The cultural capability. Mm-hmm. Werewolves are, hu- are normal humans, yeah. quote unquote, right? They're not gods or anything crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Native American folklore, the skinwalkers, they're just humans. Oh, okay. Um, that some people will have this ability or that they are that they are supernatural beings in and of themselves that are not human. That's what, to me, I guess, is the distinction. Are these humans with the ability to transform or gods or demons or, or other or other cryptids? Right or aliens. That's that's another or big aliens, thing. Okay. Is that uh, the the serpent men? The that's the new thing. Oh. And, and so that's some of oh, the, the crazy people. Yeah, stuff? The, the crazy oh, conspiratorial stuff other, that I'm talking okay. about. Yeah, or that that no, I'm talking about that uh, is is more prevalent on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you look up shapeshifters, that's what you get. You get a bunch of that bullshit. Um, okay, so we're throwing lizard people into the shapeshifter category. Unfortunately, okay. we have to because yeah. they are very talked about in currently culturally. And they right? fit into the Not definition. Not in my culture, but in somebody's culture. Yeah. If it's a broad enough definition, then that is just a being that is able to intentionally or under certain circumstances change shape into another yep. type of being. I would say intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. If, we're, if you have the capability to transform into another being, whether you want to or not, that's still supernatural in my book. It's still oh, paranormal. Yeah, yeah it's a, it, yeah. so it's a supernatural ability for sure. When you're, <laughs> um, okay, 
And then, and then to me, the supernatural piece, or I'm sorry, is the paranormal piece is have people seen this happen? Yes. Because there's a belief systems and structures. Right. And we could talk about the cross cultural sort of human, mm-hmm. maybe motivations for why this is a cross cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. of beliefs. And then there's the, do, why do people, or people are seeing these across cultures? Is that evidence for a paranormal activity? Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so tell me a story about any other stories about sightings? Yeah. What's your, okay. I have one more, mm-hmm. let's say modern, but not modern. I mean, the Billy Corgan one's pretty contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. contemporary. It's the 90s, and then he doubled down on it in the two, in the, I think recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm going to tell you now is, is a story that is from 2013, but it's about a man who lived a long, long time ago in this galaxy, not in one far away. But he had a major impact. Am I supposed to guess? No, not yet. Okay. You'll figure it out as we go along. <laughs> is it Jesus Christ? It is. Oh, is it? Oh, you got it. Oh, okay. Ding, 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 okay. ding, ding, ding. Okay. Tell me a Jesus story. <laughs> In the land of pyramids and mysteries, an accomplished archaeologist, Dr. James Hartfield, was leading an excavation team on the site of an ancient monastery in Egypt. The air was filled with the fine dust of centuries as workers carefully sifted through the remains of what was once a vibrant center of religious learning. One day, amidst the routine unearthing, a junior archaeologist, Sophie, discovered something unusual in a previously unexplored section of the monastery. Her hands trembled as she carefully uncovered an ancient piece of parchment, its edges frayed with time. Dr. Hartfield, she called, her voice echoing through the silence of the excavation site. I found something. James, busy examining another artifact, looked up. His eyes widened at the sight of the parchment in Sophie's hands. Good heavens, Sophie. That could be a significant find. Let's be extremely careful with it. They moved to the makeshift lab setup, and James began the delicate task of cleaning and preserving the document. It was painstaking work, requiring patience and precision. Finally, after several hours, the document was preserved, ready for translation. Sophie, having learned Coptic during her studies, took up the task of translation. The content of the text was astonishing, recounting a version of the crucifixion of Jesus that was far from the accepted narrative. The text spoke of Pontius Pilate sharing a meal with Jesus, offering to sacrifice his son in place of Jesus, and even suggesting that, no, Sophie whispered, this can't be right. What she had just translated must be wrong. She reread it again and again, but could not decipher the text in any other way. She was no expert in Coptic translation and was afraid to even speak what she had just read aloud, as she might be mistaken. But if she was right, it would change the way that everyone viewed Jesus Christ. Anything good? A voice said behind her. Sophie gave a frightened gasp and turned around. Oh, Dr. Hartfield. Yes, this is absolutely incredible, she said. It's an entirely different account of the crucifixion, preserved for centuries in this secluded monastery with some interesting other words that I don't think I'm translating right. Hmm, let me take a look, but I'd be surprised, Sophie. You were one of the top students in that course and... Dr. Hartfield's voice faded off as he started to read the text. He looked up at Sophie. She stared back at him. He smiled, embarrassed. I guess my Coptic is a little rusty, too. Let's send it to my friend, Dr. Rolf van Danbroek at Utrecht University in the Netherlands. He'll be able to solve this puzzle. 
A few hours later, Dr. Roloff had a scanned document in his possession and started to translate. Let's see, he said it to an empty room. Pilate prepared a table and he ate with Jesus on the fifth day of the week and Jesus blessed Pilate and his whole house. Das is good, das is good, he said, recognizing that there was nothing particularly out of the ordinary. As he continued, he took a sip of his tea. As he read the next line, he almost spit the hot tea out. Remarkable, he exclaimed and started to translate for the third time out loud just to be sure. Then the Jews said to Judas, How shall we arrest him, meaning Jesus, for he does not have a single shape, but his appearance changes. Sometimes he is ruddy, sometimes he is white, sometimes he is red, sometimes he is wheat-colored, sometimes he is pallid like ascetic, sometimes he is a youth, and sometimes he is an old man. He couldn't believe his eyes. As he continued on, Judas suggested that he could kiss the one that they called Jesus, so the Romans could identify the shapeshifter. My God, Jesus was a shapeshifter. Wow. He published a book on this, by the way. Oh. So, Roloff? Rol Dr. Rolf. Rolf mm -hmm. Van Den... Den, Den Vandenbroek? Van Den, Van is it Vandenbroek? Is that what is I that said? Is that what you said? Sure. I'll, I'll put the... Yeah. I'll, I'll put the links in the notes, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and again, I apologize if my... Uh... They were terrible. All of your accents were terrible. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. So there was actually... that I, when I While I was looking for real stories of this, this is one of the main ones that popped up that I was like, this is actually kind of more believable. <laughs> than... Oh, Yeah. Because otherwise, otherwise you get a lot of just use anonymous sub uh, submissions to Reddit, anonymous submissions to different blog posts, and oh, you mean I I love creative writing, but I don't. I, I, you can't necessarily trust those places as a source. Oh, of like I saw a shapeshifter, right? Oh, you don't know yeah. their real name. Yeah. You don't know if what they're going through is real. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that anybody's lying on any of those on any of those forums, but I will say that I do believe that some people are just making up stories. Mm -hmm on those things mm -hmm. so and uh, shit whoever wrote this version of the gospel might have been making things up too i don't know it sounds a little mm -hmm. crazy for them to just like make that up about jesus christ but who knows anyway yeah. so that's my last example of this where it's just straight up written in some text that they don't know who wrote no i think they know who wrote this uh account mm -hmm. here here's the thing there's there are so many versions of the gospel um, that were destroyed by uh, Emperor Constantine mm -hmm. uh, during the Council of Nicaea when he decided that the four Gospels that would really matter or really count towards the life of Jesus Christ were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. That was it. They burned everything else, mm -hmm. everything else they could find. Mm -hmm. So now when they go to, the, the problem is, is that everything that was in their control, that didn't count for Egypt. And mm -hmm. that didn't account for documents that were buried somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like they obviously didn't because they couldn't find them or they hadn't been found yet or they didn't have a control over them, right? Mm -hmm. So these documents are constantly coming up where they're like, oh, here's a new account of Jesus. And it turns out he did have a wife. And it turns out mm -hmm. there's also a bunch of documents underneath the Vatican in their in their private collection. There's lots of conspiracy theories about what's under there mm -hmm. and what those documents actually say about the life of the life and death of Jesus Christ, yeah. who he was as a man, what kind of man he was. You think they have ones that say he was a werewolf? 
Uh, <laughs> well, this one says he was able to change color as well, uh, color of his skin as well as age. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I read out of it anyway. Yeah. Now that he could appear to have yeah various skin colors and ages. Now, uh, yeah. What do you, I, I will uh, also say that, that yeah. ancient text translation, I'm not an ancient text translator. Mm. However, we have seen so many versions of the Bible come out. Everybody's translation is a little bit different, right? So if somebody says, I translated this as the Romans being like, oh, he changes from day to day. Yeah. Sometimes he's old, sometimes he's young. That leads me to believe that the uh, informant like I almost almost read it as like the informant that they get always tells them something different. Yeah. Like to lead them yeah. away from who the real Jesus is. Yeah. And so you know Open maybe they just didn't want they didn't want Judas to just take the 30 pieces of silver run away. They were like no 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 you have to go like they were leading him to mm-hmm. say I will go and point to Jesus and then you will know that's him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that that it's, is It sounds like a very like modern day cop trick. Uh-huh. <laughs> like hey Hey, how do I know you're telling me the truth, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, one day your boss is this guy and the next he's that guy mm-hmm. and then you're gonna disappear. <laughs> you're gonna have our money. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. like, all right, all right, I'll go. I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll give him a kiss. Mm-hmm. I'll kiss the old bastard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know why bad. everybody was Italian in there. I don't know. But I'm a, yeah, a bad. Italian-American. Bad interpretation. Bad informants. Bad. Okay, so there's interpretation. There is translation and then there's interpretation. Right. And those things get really well blended and mixed together too. So, right. Um, and then I think what you're bringing up is a really good point about the context in which that right. that alleged event was happening yeah. was in the context of trying to suppress a religious movement, and that means there are going to be people fighting and, as you say, people resisting. In all different ways. Right. And there's also going to be, you could think of it another way, as you're speaking to sort of the um, people trying to help Jesus uh, escape or be not identified by the authorities. But then there's also the ways in which people might be paranoid in the community about mm-hmm. him and his followers and... Right. Like witch hunting kind of thing. Like anyone who says this is a witch or, oh my gosh, that person said something. It, it, that, per- that, that person over there is speaking the the words of this Jesus of Nazareth. They're, they're him and it's a boy or a, an old man or whatever. You know what I sure, mean? It could yeah. have been just a paranoia going around the community about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and his so- followers. And and you know what's funny is I read all those examples culturally, and there were African examples, but there were no Middle Eastern examples. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there were, were Middle Eastern shapeshifters, and that was like supposed to be the devil or something, and so they were just literally calling him the devil or yeah, or something that, along those lines. Right, yeah. it can go into that like he's actually he's pra- he's doing these miracles, he's practicing, he he's can do cap- he can do all sorts of things. I mean. It's it's not really uh, dissimilar from he can turn water into wine. He can also shape shifts you know, or shift. I'm gonna do that like three more times. You know, he can also shift shape. shapes. Right. Just say shape shift. <laughs> He's all can. Yeah. We're yes. talking about shapeshifters. Is a shape shift. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? I did read one about the Romans. Right. So the Romans had the belief of their gods being able to uh, to to transform. Mm-hmm. And so let's take this at face value and say they believed he was a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that just 
prove that he was the son of God or the son of a God. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. So He's why like, wouldn't the Romans have been like, maybe we shouldn't mess with this guy? Like, hey, he looks different every single time we see it, just like our gods. Oh, but, well, now... But he's, he's blasphemous, so we got to go get him. Yeah, well, now we're getting into the politics of yeah, yeah, that yeah. time, okay, you we know, don't need to, okay. like, why and might I'm they want I'm not a historian, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it just seems a little weird. Okay, so let's take this at face value, though. Let's, let's, let's take... Okay, the translation really truly meant that Jesus was a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take that, right? Because then that, mixed with the other folklore stuff that we've been reading about, the other tales we've been reading about mixed with the, our modern day version with Billy Corgan. Where are we at, Doc? Oh, gosh. Well, we don't mix them all. I think that's what's really important mm-hmm. to, is, to, is to look at each of these in context and to understand that humans have really nuanced experiences as well as belief structures and systems and and then across culture having these beliefs that your deity is a shapeshifter all the way down to um the, you know a a monster lurking in the darkness might be a shapeshifter um that's going to get at very different psychological processes but that we all share and i think one of them so being that um if the person you admire the most whether it's your um deity Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just use that word broadly because we're speaking from like sure. Thor and Loki, oh, yeah. <laughs> ancient um, Viking beliefs to ancient Greek mythology of Zeus being you no know, being a shapeshifter, whatever it is, um, all the way to uh, modern day, I guess, more contemporary uh, superheroes, the people you, you people you might admire, the ideas of the people you might admire being able to shapeshift. Is super cool and something you would fantasize about. So I, I I see that more in the category of uh, fantasies of power and abilities, and and it's kind of putting in whether it's a deity or or Superman that you're thinking about, whatever is your cultural kind okay. of system around that. Um, the people you admire the most or the ideas that you admire the most. It's a it's an amazing ability to have. It's something okay. we would fantasize about, and fantasies serve a. a a function in like um motivating our achievement that we all share mm-hmm. can, not that you you could reach that but it's it's fan, fantasy so mm-hmm. can i share my like feelings on this and you kind of help me interpret those because yeah. the way that i feel about shapeshifters mm-hmm. is that there's this sense of mistrust that so, and I, so that was the positive okay, okay, part the yeah, more yeah, like ahead. that's an, an amazing ability to have mm-hmm. and then there's the the dark side of it. So yeah. then the monsters, as I said, the monster at night. So you got this like wide ranging spectrum right, right, right. of but, all these shapeshifters. But I would say yeah. the monster at night is like, if someone's like, there's a monster at night, I'd be like, oh shit, I don't want to go out there. But if someone's like, oh, there's just an old man walking out there, I'd go out there and then it turns into a monster. Yeah. That's like the, the That's, misleading. Yeah. yeah. And to me that is goes, so we're talking like, this is a, really interesting to me right now because I'm about to describe to you sort of my conceptualization of human one of the models of conceptualization of human functioning okay. and human motivation. And I haven't really gone into that in our podcast okay. <laughs> at all, but Let's like, do it. so um, this comes from contextual behavioral science. Also like um, uh, psychologists who, who work from um, confession focused behavioral therapies where we try to look at like our human motivations kind of fitting into three uh, categories of emotion so it's motivational psychology. It's also emotion psychology. And that's kind of neat. 
um, but behavioral too. So three main categories. So we've got, we all, this evolutionary pieces as well. And that's why it's coming back to this might be a cross-cultural human phenomenon that's existed for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So we all may share these, these same evolutionary motivations because we're all here for three things that our ancestors did that allowed us to be here. Fighting, fucking no. Sorry. That's exactly right. Oh my god, <laughs> you're exactly right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Isn't that like a stupid like, country song? Like yeah. fight, fuck, and what is it? Run or something? I don't know what the third right. one is. So, you tell me what the sorry go ahead. <laughs> survive. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So flee. You could say that. Fight, fuck, and flee. Well, yeah, yeah. Like you could say it in those three, but really it gets at like we serve. They survived all the threats to their physical safety and. Uh, well-being so that's disease and monster you know, monsters in the form of predators yeah right um they survived and so you have we've evolved a, a system of our, our emotional system of fear right so we all have we all share in that like if that ability to react to uh threats so that we can survive right that's one of our systems of emotion and motivation and then when you escaped your danger, then you are safe and you have a sense of safeness and belonging and you might partner up and you might mate, right? And you have that. Mm -hmm. um, so we also have that that uh, motivation for belonging and safeness mm -hmm. and love and connection and procreation, right? Okay. So not that you, we're not everybody's going to have a drive to procreate for babies, for example, but like, yeah, that love drive um and all the emotions that go along with being social animals and then when we're that's our kind of non-competitive side right that we get along we want to collaborate and uh love each other and then there's this part of us that might get bored sometimes right we want to stand out from the crowd we don't just want to get along we mm -hmm. want to compete and we want to be um have some stature some status some growth in our lives or achievement and that's the fighting part that's the competitive oh, side of okay. us that's the and it sounds much nicer the way you said it though yeah well i think that's helpful to think about like we all want to have good careers or grow in our lives and have skills and things like that we're not always trying to like beat each other down or be the like compete and right claim territory and stuff or destroy their tribe so we can take their, but we, that might've evolved from that. So those, all of these are like our three kind of core emotion systems. Um, and I think that does connect in many ways to our, these things can get kind of out of balance or they can um, also get really creative. So when I said that, I think that the shape-shifting belief structure can kind of be part of that achievement drive, that growth drive, that like fantasy. Mm. Oh, if I only, I could, turn into anything I wanted. If I could, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, I think I keep going back to Moana. Who's the, uh, Maui. Maui. Yeah. I love that character so much. Yeah. Yeah. And he can shape shift and it's, you know, he's, he's, at, but he also has like a dis, um, regulated kind of achievement drive. Like he's like, uh, really conceited. Yeah. yeah. And, and also insecure, right. When he doesn't oh, yeah. have that ability, yeah. then who am I? Mm -hmm. So that kind of system of uh, motivation achievement can get really out of whack when we're, we don't see ourselves as like belonging without our competitive abilities. So okay. that's that. But then the other piece is the fear side that you said, like, who can I trust? Right. And I think that fear that that old man in the darkness could turn into a big threat 
um, is a big connection to that fear drive. Yeah. Mm, that fear center of us. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. It, a lot of the stories I read on Reddit were just kind of, I was standing in a field and far off I saw this, or I was doing this over yeah. here and I saw this. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that that leads to the mistrust, like that, you know, kind of builds that mistrust. But also, I never really saw anything where it was, you know, quite as close up as Billy Corgan's um, yeah. experience where he was like talking to the person. It, he says he turned away and then he turned back and the person mm -hmm. had turned into something else and then shapeshifted back. Yeah. So, so when he, I... I think he saw the transformation back. And I also, I think there are rumors out there that what he saw is a reptilian transformation. So he saw someone turn into a reptile and someone turn back. Oh, he met a lizard person. Yeah. I don't think, and, and I don't think he wants to say that either. Cause mm -hmm. he's like, I don't want to like, I don't, I, I kind of either don't want to join that camp or yeah. I don't want to acknowledge that they exist or I don't want to get in trouble with the reptilian overlords. I yeah. don't know. Well, and I think these actually, if we do go into that conspiracy theory about the lizard people that, still connects back to the um fear and mistrust oh for sure of other people i mean that is the core of it is mm -hmm. that you can't trust this this person you can't trust them because they're not really human and to me that goes back to the belonging drive in us that like who are who is our in group versus who is our out group and in group out group um psychology is is powerful and it might mm -hmm. explain so much of why we have these hierarchical delusions about mm -hmm. who who is better than right. who else rather than kind of seeing each other as all belonging. Right. Um, because yeah, are we all inherited that we didn't ask for it, but this um perceiving threat in the other group because we don't know them yeah. and that which is unknown we're afraid of. And so I think we might we also then create that where there where it doesn't belong. So there's that piece. This is the two sides of the, we are such social beings though. Like that. So you're going to see people. It's that, is it pareidolia? What you kept going, going back to of like seeing people and seeing faces yeah, in, seeing faces. in patterns. Yeah. yeah. I think this might be part of that as well, that you're going to see, even from a distance, you're going to see a person when it's a, an animal that we personify when it was probably just an animal. Not yeah. a person who could turn into an animal, <laughs> right. you know? So, yeah. It's like Dwight when he's like, I did shoot a werewolf once. Uh-huh. But by the time I'd gotten to it, it had turned back into my neighbor's dog. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's pretty mundane. It's pretty mundane, but... um, well, but, but again, also, maybe... he didn't want to think that he killed the neighbor's dog. You know, that's really sad to kill yeah. a dog. Yeah. And maybe that's sometimes what happened. It's, it's like the black-eyed children, right? Where it's like, you hit a dog and you're like, I thought it was a wolf, you know? Just yeah. to like kind of help your mind... Because you don't, nobody wants to kill a dog. Yeah. Little puppy. Yeah. You don't kill a puppy. Or the, <laughs> I got spooked by uh, something at night and I want to, I don't want to feel like I'm, I was scared of a, of a dog barking. So it was like, oh, it was a six foot man dog, you know, like shape shifting dog man. Right. So that I can protect my own self concept as a really strong, brave person. This thing that scared me must have been bigger and scarier than it actually was right yeah right you don't want to admit that it was just a dog mm -hmm. yeah and and i want to give some respect again to the like historical the value of this 
in cultural context. So like in Native American and indigenous groups where it's like a rite of passage sort of piece of um, that or it, or a, or you were gifted or blessed to see this, to mm-hmm. see a shapeshifter or to have a shapeshifting ability. Like that really does, I think, connect back to achievement and growth um, and a spiritual connection to each other. That's kind of neat. Not just to each other, but mm-hmm. to uh, usually skinwalkers are are people who can turn into animals. I think mm-hmm. so. I, I I think that's you know that connection to nature. That's the yes, capability to be you. able to do that. And yes. and werewolves too, right? Yeah. Like I don't think that from from Norse and uh, and European mythology. Yeah. Um. So like I don't. You know, mm-hmm. it depends on which which one you go with. Whether the werewolves came out and killed people, or or just made you know bit more people to join their uh, to join their. What do you call a group of wolves? pack pack. Mm -hmm. to join their pack or Mm -hmm. whether it was just you know you got to go and be kind of animalistic for a night you know yeah when when there's a full moon you got to go out and kind of explore you know nature and explore it as an animal would yeah kind of appreciate nature for for that yeah so i think that there are really beautiful values under that underlie some of these yeah pieces too Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah you're on the european side on the native american side Mm -hmm. um the slavic uh Frogman? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Mm. That just seems <laughs> hey, like maybe that was in a community where they had some really uh, boggy swamp land, and they they were just like, yeah, it's, it's connecting a caution- to it. It's a ca- cautionary. It's a cautionary tale. Mm. It's like, look, man, like, don't like. Uh, okay, you, you still you're still gonna go in there even though people have been dying. All right, look, there's a frog man who lives in there, and he <laughs> right. will kill you. Right. But then they were like, unless you make the sign of the cross, which is ah, is that gonna protect you yeah. or not? Because you can drown whether you can do that or not. Um, okay, you ready for the video evidence? Oh, yeah. It's just going to negate everything I just said, huh? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I just, I, we're running out of time. It's going to so. be so good. No, no. Yeah. I mean, is the video going to negate what I said? Oh, no, no, like, no, no. I thought you were saying I was negating everything <laughs> no, you just said by not responding no. to it. I thought I had, but no, yeah. No, you okay. did. Yeah, I'm okay. saying now all of my theory just goes out of the water if there's actual physical evidence. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, okay. Okay. <laughs> <Definitely not. laughs> Hi everybody, Dustin from the future here. If you'd like to watch the clip before we talk about it, go ahead and click on the first video link. Thanks. It's Jack Osborne. What is this? This is his show on the Discovery Channel. Is that a coyote? That's a four-legged animal. You can tell it's running. I can't tell. Oh. You thought you saw that as a like a four-legged animal? Yeah. Wow. It looked but like a two-legged animal to, to me. See it. I wanted to see a skinwalker. <laughs> no, I, I just. But it was just a deer. In the context of the desert, I was like maybe coyote or. Oh, footprints! Wait, that looked like a hoof print. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. That first one looked like a footprint, though. Yeah, bro. I don't know, I don't know what led so him to freaked think... out. I don't know what led him to think that it was a skinwalker, like. It was just a man. Why? Why does that mean it was a skinwalker? Right. If he would follow the footprints and they turned into hooves, yeah. Or just like all of a sudden the footprint stopped and hooves started, yeah. Then I'd be like, oh, okay, that's why he thought that. I don't understand why he thought that. And what's the context here? He's just investigating the paranormal. Oh, or he's he going has into... a show called. Well, he had a uh, Jack Osborne's Night of Terror UFOs mm-hmm. uh, on Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I've never wa- I never watched it. I'm not a UFO person. I'm a I'm a paranormal person. 
Yeah. So I watch like the ghost ones, like right. ghost adventures and stuff like that. Yeah. I know there's the same thing. It's a big umbrella. It's a big umbrella. But the UFO ones just don't interest me because, again, like, I would imagine that, yes, there probably are UFOs. Actually, there's like a congressional hearing going on that right now. Anyway, sorry. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's, what was the, what, what was the subject of that episode? I think UFOs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were just out in the desert and then he saw a skinwalker or what he thought was a skinwalker. But again, I don't know what, what's going on here. The other thing I have here is the Billy Corrigan thing. You want to watch that? Yeah. Or sorry, you want let's let's re, let's sorry <laughs> the yeah. video we just saw. Yeah, I mean, the, so far away, so far away, and just seeing yeah. uh, seeing a something move through the desert, through the bush, through the scrub, plants, whatever. Yeah. Um, at night, far away, moving slowly and then moving fast most likely an animal yeah what makes me mad about it is the fucking potato quality once oh, again god it's so this far is the away. discovery fucking channel get a good camera. so they do a bunch of animal they you know animal photography mm-hmm. far telescopic lenses mm-hmm. up the wazoo are you trying to tell me that nobody on that crew had a telescopic lens where they could zoom in on that person who was running through the freaking desert yeah they that, had that a telescopic so lens they and they know like that, that it was an animal yeah yeah also there were probably <laughs> animal experts on the crew because yeah. they were a discovery crew and they were probably like it's a fucking deer do we tell jack yeah. osborne or not you know and they were just like oh no i guess this makes pretty just good television so we'll just let keep him it in there. freak out and then yeah yeah no i mean that that was not very compelling evidence again to me it would be compelling evidence if it's clearly you're seeing a person walking and then there's an animal walking <laughs> yeah. yeah um unbelievable mm-hmm. unbelievable but yeah. anyway uh so that's my video evidence i apologize for how terrible it is but it is like unless you want to go and see something that's been heavily edited or after affected uh <laughs> that's that's the best evidence you're gonna get of a skinwalker that's great uh so the billy corgan thing i yeah. have that pulled up now too let's Thanks. watch that real quick okay. Hi everybody, Dustin from the future here again, letting you know that we are about to talk about the video that you can watch on your own by clicking on link to now. So many words to say nothing. Yeah. Well, that's Howard Stern. Right. Hours and hours of that. Anyway, um, Billy no. Corgan, on the other hand. Yeah. No, I like. I, say I do appreciate... a lot and very little about yeah. words. Yeah. He's a poet. Yeah. He and he seemed really just like accepting of it and yeah he didn't seem disturbed no and he didn't seem he didn't seem um motivated by it like oh people are into this so let me elaborate it more he didn't he wasn't like getting attention for it it wasn't right um so i didn't see a lot of motivation to exaggerate or to lie um and i i do appreciate his point of like people questioning other people's realities right isn't because and and him acknowledging i he recognizes my, what I perceive as reality might also be... Repeat that, because I'm not going to play this because we need oh. to get the rights to it. Repeat what oh. he said so that he, everybody knows what you're talking about. He said, uh, it, he says, I said this, that this happened to me, and I've been in public life for 30 years, and now people think that I'm crazy, and that now they think that, and because of this one thing, basically, that right. I said. And he's like, and I also think it's interesting that to question someone else's version or question to question someone else's reality right like i experienced this right. he's like now granted it could have been a hallucination but i experienced that is mine right. <laughs> that it is and that's 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 very valid yeah 
you know? Okay. We're, and it's, but if you can, a person, as we're always talking about, we take our minds too seriously. I don't think he takes his mind too seriously. Right. Like, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. He saw it twice though. So I think he believes it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, he could kind of hold both ideas though. Like right. it, someone might say it's hallucination, sure, but it also happened twice with this person. Right. And that's really interesting. Yeah. The other pieces um, that just makes it from a rational perspective very confusing. Like it is this person uh, n- like hiding it? Why? And obviously, yeah, it's like an X-Files thing. Of like, <laughs> there, Oh, there why just... wouldn't you? Yeah, you definitely need to hide something like that. <laughs> yeah. You can't just go around talking about how you're a, uh, you're a shapeshifter. Sure. You just go tell a you know really famous person, show them naked. And he also said that, that they were naked. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make any rational sense, but okay. I don't know. Work mm-hmm. work around in certain circles, right? Be that be the cool shapeshifter who shows up at all the celebrities' parties. Yeah. But don't get caught and thrown into a government lab. I think... Yeah, I think for me the shapeshifter. Oh, I'd just be curious. Oh, I'll, I'll save it for I'll save it for the recap episode. Okay, I have a game we can play with this. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Did we yeah. miss anything? Uh, talked about shapeshifters. We yeah. talked about the cultural stuff. We talked about the psychological stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that this is. There's no technical stuff here, so I'm I'm out. Yeah, no, I think all I would say is this is an an interesting opportunity to always come back to cultural humility that. Um, no belief system is better than any other and uh, also no people are better than any other Um, and so let's stop calling people lizard people yeah I like that it's not cool all right Excellent. That's a perfect note to end this on Mm -hmm. real quick some housekeeping this episode was actually a user submission kind of (gasps) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a request for this topic. We had a request for this topic from Mm -hmm. Larry. Larry, this this one goes out to you. Yeah. Thanks for requesting this this, uh, topic. It was fun to look into. Uh, fun to find those uh, uh, those tidbits of people who have had experiences with this in modern society as well as kind of just throughout history. So if you have anything that you would like for us to look into, please write it into stories at paranormaloutsiders.com. We will do it. We proved it. We just did it. So we will do it again. <laughs> We're going to shapeshift into whatever, whatever you story want us to be. you want us to do. <laughs> All right. But thanks for tuning in. Ah, thanks for listening. I almost went the entire episode without saying tuning in. Thanks for listening in, everybody. Next time. Till next time. <laughs>